0: Have you ever wondered what it takes to write a book? More importantly, can you even teach mindset, manifestation, and spirituality and words of affirmation to children? Well, today we're talking to book author Nancy, and she's going to tell us all about her experience writing a book, creating the concept and everything. So hopefully she'll be able to respond to those questions and more. Let's go. If you've ever felt alone, misunderstood, or like your story didn't matter, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Pretty Sure, the podcast where we explore the fun in life's ups and downs. Join me, your host, in a mix of guests from friends to thought leaders, artists, entrepreneurs, and experts for some raw, unfiltered, and frankly, hilarious conversation. We'll chat about our struggles as millennials, the joys and pains of being single or in a relationship, life and biz lessons, and some inspiring takeaways, too, because remember, no topic is ever off the table for us. Hi, I'm Sabrina, your new best friend, and every week you can expect kindness, support, and some tough love, because you'll be damn sure I'm going to be calling you out on your shit when you need it most. Pretty sure we're in for a wild ride, so saddle up and let's go! Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pretty Sure Podcast. I'm very excited to have a fellow Latina on the show today. We're going to be touching on that topic. We're also going to be touching on what it takes to write a book and all of the things. So I'm very excited. And without further ado, welcome Nancy
1: to the show. Hey, Sabrina. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this. I know. We've been
0: talking about it for a while. We've also planned a little live and we've also planned a bunch of things. So I'm very excited for this. For sure. Okay, Nancy, give
1: us your story in a nutshell before we dive into the questions. Oh, I love these questions. (laughs) My story in a nutshell, I struggled, struggled majorly with like Confidence, authentic confidence and feeling secure and super, super insecure. And then, you know, hit, you know, my 20s, my 30s. And that's when I began my whole journey in self-growth and personal development. And I began meditating and affirmations and therapy twice a week and all that good stuff. And it wasn't until my 30s, like my mid 30s, where I finally was like solid. I felt solid. And a big part of that was like due to like my practice, my practice of meditating and everything. Always, 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 always have had the dream of writing a book. Since I was 13, my aunt gave me my first journal and ever, I have like over 40 journals and I like love writing and I've always wanted to write a book. Never, ever did I think it would be a children's book, like ever. I thought it would be a memoir of some sort. And then I became a mom and took a writing class and suddenly the idea of like, what about a kid's book? What about a kid's book? What about a kid's book? And that's how that idea began, which was again, which is which ties back to something that was very game changing for me, which was again that practice of affirmations, meditation, dance parties, you know, all all, all these tools that I just make me a better me. And yeah, I, I love working with kids. I work with kids. Yeah. And I think kids are the best rock stars on the planet.
0: Mm, I love that I love that perspective I want to know how you got started with working with kids because I know you're a teacher and was it something that you always wanted to do did you randomly end up there like what led up to you being a teacher
1: yeah I never wanted to be a teacher like ever like that was not my dad's a teacher my dad my dad's all have siblings except for two he's one of nine uh, are teachers and he was always like be a teacher it's so great and I was like never never, never, never. I wanted to be Tom Cruise and Top Gun and be like this badass attorney. And, you know, like just, just wanted to be Tom Cruise and Top Gun. And that was going to be me. And then grads, you know, I was graduating college. (laughs) I was graduating college and it was time to go to grad school. And I didn't know if it was my, you know, my love for law kind of wasn't as strong as it had been. And so I was thinking more like therapy, but more like social work, or maybe teaching. I had begun to like think of teaching. And so I volunteered at my elementary school, the elementary school I went to as a kid. And the first time I went there, I couldn't remember the kids' names. I was paired with the student who struggled with reading. And she was like, no, you read to me. And I was like, no, no, I'm here to teach you, to show you, help you read. And she's like, no, 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 no. You just like read it to me. And I left that day and I, you know, I was like, I kept asking them what their name was. And they were like, I already told you my name. And I was like, oh man, this is not working out so well. And again, the second time I went back the following week, there was like no love there. There was no, you know, no connection. And so the third time I went back, I was going to tell the principal, like, thank you so much for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Like basically like, thank you, but no, thank you. And I walked in and the kids began, like, they were like, hi, Miss Torres. Hi, Miss Torres. And I was like, Whoa, like the the same kids who were like, I already told you my name. They love me. They write right, exactly. Oh my god, it was like it was that it was that moment. And the girl I was paired with began reading. And that was the best high I have ever like you can ever experience is that moment when a, a child begins to read, when they're start like it's it starts working, and this is someone who was like, I don't read, someone reads to me, struggling, struggling reader. And that's when I was like, This feeling I want. And, it, and, it, and so I went to grad school for teaching and it's a feeling I still get, like I teach the younger grades and I love when a child begins to read, when it clicks, like when a struggling reader begins to like read is amazing. Like, and, like really read, you know what I mean? Like once they're like in that flow and they sound the same way that they're talking and they're reading with that animated voice. Oh my gosh. It's like the best feeling in the world. <laughs> so that's
0: how that happened. It's something that we take for granted, right? Because we've been reading for so many years that we don't even think about that anymore. It's just like I would—I don't even remember how I started reading. Like, it's just something so—I feel like we've had for like I'm what I'm—I'm going to be twenty-seven this year, so I technically started reading when I was like five and a half, almost six. All right. So that means that I've been reading for 21 years. So like you don't even, you don't give it a second thought. So I think it's a really nice perspective that you have that you're like, that's my favorite part about teaching. It's like when they can actually get to start reading. So I
1: think that's really noble of you and just the whole profession. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now it's amazing. And and it's like, and you don't like, like same, right? We've been reading forever, right? Like forever. And then you realize like the breakdown of like, the vowel sounds, the different combinations that except you know, all those like language rules. And you're like, how did I ever learn how to read? I have no idea. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Especially when it comes to English. Like obviously I lived in the States for a long time when I was a kid. So like five years. So I learned English over there, but back when we moved to Mexico, this is just like a random little story. And I took English as like a second language because obviously they didn't have bilingual schools. They just had like Spanish and whatnot. And I would just see everyone struggling so much with the words and with everything in English. And I'm like, But it's so easy and I've never understood to this day why it seems so English. And then, you know, viral virality and like all these viral posts started coming up of like, English is the hardest language because you
1: have a read and then you have bread and then you have fed. And I'm like, okay, now I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like magic E, long E, silent E, you know, yeah, 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 totally.
0: And like dumb thumb and all of those things. (laughs) And I'm like, how the hell did I even learn English? Like, it's still a miracle to me. (laughs) For sure, totally. Absolutely.
1: What is the hardest part for you about being a teacher? Oh my. The hardest part about being a teacher would be when you wanna, you know, you wanna give it all. You wanna give it everything, right? You wanna you wanna do it all, but realizing that there are limitations and they not may not necessarily be you know, raising raising kids is really hard, you know, when there's when there's households where both parents have to work you know, where maybe the child's not receiving all the support, not because of negligent parenting, but just because of real life parenting, you know, where maybe it's a single parent household, maybe it's a household where a grandparent or another adult is raising the child. Just, I think the hardest part is the social emotional support and, and the family support of how it affects the child, right? When you, when you know the parent is doing everything and you know, you are doing everything and you do know that the child needs more support. And, and this is, and this is important, right? It's like important that they get either, you know, more support in math, you know, and learning addition, learning numbers or whatever, but you just don't, something has to shift, but that, especially in the middle of a pandemic is so hard to shift where, you know, parents are, you know, unemployment is raising. So it's not, you know, I just think the difficulties of real life with parent with, um, is hard. The difficulty of real life and raising children with, with the world outside is really hard. Obviously
0: you're a mom, so you have that perspective. I know it's kind of a similar thing to be a mom and a teacher because you feel that sense of responsibility. But how about you talk about the differences between being a teacher or an educator and a mom or a dad in this case?
1: Well, it's very funny because I often tell my class, I'm like, this is what I hear all day. Let me tell you like a little background on what my, Ms. Torres's life is like. I go from Miss Torres, Ms. Torres, Ms. Torres, Ms. Torres, Ms. Torres. Then I pull in and I go home and I hear mama, mama, mom, mom, or babe, babe, babe. Those are the three things I hear constantly <laughs> that I wish I could just keep track of. Babe. Hey, babe, oh babe, mama, mama, Miss Torres, Ms. Torres. Ms. Torres. Um, so, so what's the difference? I digress there. Um, I may have emotions about that. <laughs> um. So what is the difference? Um. You know, there's, the difference, obviously, is that you know, at at dismissal, we say bye, take care, and you know, I do keep them in my mind and in my heart, and I'm like checking my messages and all that. But there's there's that you know, then they're in there with their parents, right? And then I'm with my son. Now I'm a mom, which is very different than you know, I I'm, you know, my son's two and a half. Where before I was like, I would give homework, I would be like, and I remember this one parent said to me. I was like, oh, just read with your child like 10 minutes at night and model the reading. Maybe you read one page and the child reads that. And she, I remember clearly she said, Ms. Horace, wait till you have a kid. And she has three kids and she, and you know, fantastic parent, really on. And she was like, wait till you have a kid. And now I get it, right? Now, after a full day of work, I'm going to go home and suddenly practice something with my son when it's like make dinner make sure this house doesn't look like a hot mess express because you know, we live here and then I need to do something educational with my son, but I also need to play outside with him and then also make sure he's eating something. And Oh my goodness, I forgot a bath. And you know, it is like, it's hard, it's hard and it's so much fun, but it is, that is the difference now that in me being a teacher as a mom, now that I'm a mom and being a teacher, it's like, I have so much more like, you know, parents are like, they, we didn't get a chance to do the homework and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Don't worry about it. Just like do it tomorrow. Like no one's losing any points for not having done the homework. Like talk to me, just send me a message. Just tell me, Hey, we just no biggie. No biggie. No biggie. I get it. Oh my God.
0: I wish I would have had a teacher like you when I was growing up. I feel like if I didn't do homework, my teachers would like chew my head off or like my parents would chew my head off. So where were you back in the day, Nancy?
1: Yeah. I mean, if it gets, if it gets habitual, then I'm having a conversation. But other than that, if it's once in a while, I'm like, it's okay. I get it. I'm sorry. I forgot to post the homework.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. What has been the, not craziest, but like the biggest learning lesson for you having kids after being a teacher for so long?
1: Oh my God. The depth of like, did you
0: feel prepared?
1: No, 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 zero. I went from being the most like, I went from being like healthy, confident, like on it. You know, like I had my like meditation practice, I had my self-care practice. I was like solid, okay, Sabrina, solid. Then I had a baby and that all went out the window. And you hit, I I personally had to learn everything all over again. I had to learn everything all over not learn. I had to make sure I practiced what I did before because the the mental health impacts are immediate. For me, they were immediate. You know, I think postpartum is very real, traumatic birth, you know, all that is very, very real. And then I don't care how many books you've read, I don't care how many books are published about being a parent and raising kids and new moms and blah, 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 blah. Nothing will prepare you for it. Nothing. And so the depth of compassion I have for new moms, the depth of compassion I have for motherhood and, and, the, and the complicated nature of it, I think, is something that has like expanded in me. I, you know, I, I remember going to dinner with my husband before you know we had our, our child and looking at parents with their kids on tablets at dinner. And me being like, that's never going to be me. Like, I don't understand it. Like, I want us to be a family who talks. There's no devices. But my son right now, we're out to dinner. We're like, do you have the Kindle? Do you have it? Okay, good. Because that's the only way that we will be able to talk. You know what I mean? That we can all enjoy this dinner without Sebastian running around everywhere or suddenly wanting to play with the most random thing that he's not allowed to and probably, you know, almost tripping a waiter or a waitress. So that that – that judgment that i had is completely like gone because you you do i i think in in true nature every parent does wants the best for their child and tries to do the best for their child i also think understanding that parents are also humans you know they're and and that complicated nature of that is really something that i now mm-hmm wear like a blanket now that I know, like I'm familiar with it. I'm like, Oh, okay. So yeah, more, definitely more compassion and understanding and all that good stuff.
0: Mm. See, that's interesting because I say that and I know I'm going to eat my words because I see kids and I'm like, Oh my God, that's so bad. And it's funny because even my parents say that, but here's the thing. They grew up in a different era with us. Right. And I'm sure you can relate like back in the day when I was born, no one had tablets. Like computers were barely a thing like you had to be kind of like really well off to have a computer in your house and it's not that I'm super old like I'm 27 almost but still like we didn't grow up with social media we didn't grow up with like YouTube we didn't grow up with all of those things so even my parents now when we're out at restaurants and we're just like seeing kids with like their tablets my parents are like Oh my God, these children, they're gonna grow up traumatized. They're like not gonna know how to socialize. Back in the day, you could just like go around running. And I have the same thought, right? I'm like, oh my kids are not gonna do that. Like, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but like they're not gonna have the tablet. And just like hearing you say that, I'm just like, I'm so gonna regret saying this. I'm gonna eat my words in a couple of years. Like, I I just know it. <laughs>
1: I'm telling you I was you I was like tisk tisk. look at that table over there there's like three kids and they're all on their own tablets like <laughs> give me a break what went wrong there and now I'm like like are our phones charged are we good give him you know like oh do- <laughs> I love that I get it it's very very like oh my goodness here we are we've become that family and it's all good <laughs>
0: I love that, and I love that you also talked about you know how real postpartum and everything is, and you kind of lost your way with your meditation practices. So how did you
1: kind of find your way back to it? I I had to, you know, it 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 got very very challenging, very emotionally difficult. You know, there was so many changes. I went, you know, I went from being single for for about ten years, you know, on and off relationships here and there. Then I met my husband, and within thirteen months we were married you know, within, I think, 17, 18 months after that, we had our first child. And so it was a beautiful romance. And I love my husband dearly. And it was it was very, very beautiful. But very everything happened for us very, very fast. You know, it was like this beautiful whirlwind story that after having a baby, you know, everything was like, you know, Um, My husband has two older daughters, you know, there were there was so many life changes that I I got into a very, very difficult. It was very challenging for me emotionally. I was like, who am I? You know, I I went from being like Nancy living in Astoria, my apartment doing my thing to now suddenly I'm a wife and I'm a mom and I'm no longer a teacher because I went on child care for two years, you know, and so I was like, who am I? And I had to go back to the basics of meditating. And so I would do it with my son. That was like, what I still held on to was the meditation. And so I began doing mommy and me meditation classes and self-care classes, not really for anyone other than myself. I was like, this is something I need. And so in the community that I lived in other new moms began coming too. And we would all just like talk about our experiences and just, it was like our one hour of self-care that, you know, I was leading it. I was still also just pausing time. It was like thing I had to show up to. I couldn't cancel because that's a bad look, right? And I began doing mommy and me meditation. I began slowly coming back to my meditation practice, my journaling, my affirmations, and it it was it was what helped ground me again. The beginning, it wasn't everything, you know. I, you know, I did need therapy for sure. And also, I mean, therapy was like also game changing. And then, you know, I did also need like anti-anxiety, antidepressants, but it was very, very, very hard. And also really hard to be like, you know, you I, I did. I visualized I'll be a mom and I'm going to like stay at home for a year and it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to start my business and I'm going to like, and like, what world was I thinking that I, you know what I mean? Like that was crazy. I mean, that was bananas. So, yeah, it was like Sebastian who helped me meditate helped me come back to that practice.
0: Did you see a difference in him from
1: doing that? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I, I mean, and and me and my mom friends talk about this. Like, if you're fra- and it happens in the classroom also. If you're the frazzled person, your kids will feel that. If you're calm, your kids will feel that. Like, and and still, he's two and a half now, and it'll still happen. If I'm on the go, 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 come on, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. He is gonna have more difficulty regulating his emotions, which then just delays the entire day, as opposed to if I like pause and I say, okay, we need to like reset either something needs to get rescheduled, or we just need like five minutes of we're going to just sit here and you go on the watch, you know, whatever Sesame Street and I scroll through Instagram mindlessly for five minutes, like whatever it is, but we need our five minutes of like, and then we both just kind of chill, and then we'll continue on. Same with my classroom. If I am like, we need to catch up on math, and we are going to double reading, and we're going to double math, like by third period, I've lost them. And we are all like, and it's like time out. This is when we need a dance party. And then we dance party, and then we come back to center.
0: I love that. So do you actually include like meditation stuff practices in your classrooms you yeah know, I think I, that's really fascinating I wish I would have had that when I was growing up again I feel like children nowadays don't know how good they have it because we were <laughs> like you gotta sit there and like if you speak or if you're starting to lose attention no one cares like you go to the corner and like you're punished right oh, yeah it was like and, the most
1: invalidating environment right it was like feelings yes. I don't know why you're bringing that up we don't talk about yeah, that. yeah yeah <laughs> and now it's just like oh
0: you're distracted let's like all go meditate or dance or sing so I'm like can I be a kid again, please? Like I would love to go to classes like that.
1: It is very different, but yeah, I incorporate meditation in my classroom and dance parties and journal writing. But at my school, we actually start the day off. I lead the entire school in a guided meditation. So after the morning announcements, I'll go on and we'll, I'll say, you know, and now it is time for our mindfulness meditation moment and I'll guide the entire school in a meditation and it's really beautiful. I also will do it in my own classroom if I feel like we need it. You know, where like you're just like it's a long day or whatever. Everyone maybe you know the world is heavy outside, and we're just like we just need like a pause. Like it's just you know pause. So depending on where where the energy is, it's either a meditation. But if everyone's just like sometimes it's just a dance party, and you got to like shake it off. <laughs> Oh, my God. I love
0: that. I'm so jealous of these kids. Like, I honestly wish I would have gone to a school that did that. I feel like we got the short end of the stick back in the oh, day. yeah. There's no dance Not even kidding. <laughs> if you dance, you got sent to, like, the principal's office for distracting <laughs> the class or something. Like, that was... That was the situation back then. So, you know, I think kids definitely have it good now. Yeah. Um. Talk to me a little bit about your book, right? So you're telling me that you've always wanted to write a book, but you thought it was going to be something different. You thought it was going to be like a memoir or like a story. How did you come
1: up with the idea of writing a kid's book? So I, you know, became a mom and I was reading all these beautiful board books. And so I took a book writing class, like learning how to write a book. And someone mentioned board books and I was like, Oh, I can actually write a board book. Like I could write these board books. Like, like I could do this. This is something I could totally do. And then I began to actually think of like a picture book. And what was really important for me was that it be bilingual. You know, we're raising Sebastian to speak both English and Spanish and we have a couple of books. We have books in Spanish and we have books in English, but we, I, I have found it very hard to find books that have both the text in English and in Spanish on the same page. And I love those books because A, it's just for me an easy way to show him the language, literally like mirrored, right? And eventually for when he's learning how to read, he can see the literal translation right there, right? Like, oh, okay, this matches that. So as I was, you know, I had a children's company and it was about the five pillars were meditation, affirmations, journal writing, gratitude, and dance party. And so I was like, I'm going to write a book with on these five pillars. Like it'll be a kid's book where one is focused on meditation. One is focused on affirmations. One is, and these are the five tools that have changed my life that I want to share with all children that I teach with my students, but also that I consciously want to raise Sebastian from birth, knowing them. So he will Mm -hmm. real talk, real story, come up to me. And sometimes when I've been meditating and he'll be like, mama dance party, dance party, let's dance. And I'm like, we should dance. Right. Like, or, you know, and he's very into dance party or he'll like, he's begun to like breathe, like, you know, like it's it's really great, um, and so then I was I was thinking of how do I you know I began to write a meditation board book. And then I was thinking of affirmations, and you know I was really thinking hard, and I thought about what me and Sebastian do, our routine, which is I go in his room in the morning, knock on the door, open the curtains, and I say to him, you know, I pick him up, change it, change his diaper, and on his changing table there's a mirror and you know we begin to say i always say say it with me because we're teaching him spanish so i'll say leche and then i say to him say it with me milk right or vice versa and i needed affirmations when i became a mom it was really hard it's a very hard transition because you know how like we all have ego we all have that inner critic when you become a mom then you get mom guilt that's the other thing that comes along so you have ego you know, regular, you know, and then comes along mom guilt. And so affirmations were something that were really helpful to me and something that I also would say with him to model for him, but were also something I needed. And that is how our affirmation practice began. And now we just, we play say it with me, you know, we've made it a game and sometimes we'll say it in the car. I'll be like, say it with me, you know, and we'll add silly things like I am a dinosaur, roar, you know, like... <laughs> So it goes from being very like affirming of self to being as silly as you can be. And I think that's something that kids really love and gravitate to, like the sillier, the better, but then like add in the learning. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. so
0: I haven't asked you about the book. Please tell us exactly what it is, the name, every single thing, where people will be able to find it. Because at the point where this gets released, which is next week, it'll already have been out. So tell us everything where people can find it, how they can get it, who it is for, all the things.
1: Just like tell us everything. Okay, okay. Here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. (laughs) So say the name of the book is Say It With Me, Dilo Conmigo. And it's a gorgeous book about a mother and child where the mother is showing the child how to affirm themselves. And it starts with, say it with me, you know, My I have beautiful eyes. And the child says, I have beautiful eyes. Say it with me. My skin is beautiful. My skin is beautiful. Say it with me. I am smart. And throughout the book, the mom is just showing the child how to affirm themselves. And something that is so cool is towards the end, the child begins to own these affirmations. And then as the mom is putting the child to bed, he goes, mama, say it with me. I'm the best. So for the mom to say, I'm the best, because mamas, we need that so bad. We need that affirming, you know, the af- affirming from our children to just be like, you're doing it. You're like, you're in it and you're doing it and you're rocking it. And in the end, the child says, you know, my mom's words are like my magic cape you know, they they make me feel powerful and proud and strong. And so this book is really for all children. You know, I really, I would like, you know, my wildest dream would be for every child to have this book, you know, and they're like, congratulations, here's your hospital bag. And then like you toss it and say it with me in the hospital bag, because it's such a powerful practice for children to start. And for that, to, you know, the same way we teach them colors and numbers and letters and all that, like, why not also include these tools, right? Because A, then they would, you know, th- that inner confidence would become so much stronger at a younger age. And that's game changing for everyone. But also, I would say that this book is also for adults for parents, for aunts, for uncles, for teachers, you know, if you know a child and you're doing, you know, you're like, I need, you know, I want to read a book. Let's, let's do some reading. This is that book. Now I just began to think of something because I'm into this whole like manifesting world as well. And, you know, I have a couple of single friends and stuff. And I was like, if, and I'm big into, you know, I'll do I'll do certain things that people will be like, what? And i am like, well, yeah, I'm, I bought this for when that moment happens in my life and it'll be ready. And I'm like, it's like me planting my seed, right? And I was like, if I was like single and I was like, I, you know, because I've been single and I did want a baby and all that, this is the book I would pick up. And I would be like, this is for when I become a mom. So if you're in that world and you're like, I'm manifesting a baby, you know, all that, this is the book for you as well put it in your drawer save it for when that moment comes um. that. <laughs> but it's for us to like also it's a simple practice of reaffirming yourself and really I think right now because when this airs will be like motherhood day right around the corner it's such a beautiful gift to give to moms or moms to be new moms yeah
0: yeah where can you find it like where can people find it where is it going to be sold
1: so you can get it at sayitwithmebook.com, the publisher's Wheat Penny Press. Uh, and then uh, when this airs, you can get it on Amazon for sure. You can totally pick it up on Amazon and the link of my bio. But yeah, and then and then a couple of independent bookstores are, will also be carrying it. But for sure, Amazon and sayitwithmebook.com and the link of my bio.
0: <laughs> I love that. And can anyone get a signed copy? Or are you going
1: to start doing those? Like, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the the whole thing with COVID is it's like everything has been virtual, right? So all these virtual Mm -hmm. events. And so a lot of bookstores aren't holding book signings or anything, but I'm trying to sign as many copies as I can for the first shipment that has arrived. I think I'm going to be doing that this weekend. So a good handful of copies will be signed um, and I'm including a message in them. So I'm hoping to do more than that, but it's just so tough with with the COVID restrictions. Yeah. Oh
0: my God. Well, that's very exciting. I'm so excited for your book to come out. I'm so excited for people to read it. And I think, you know, it's an amazing thing to do because I have said it and I will say it again multiple times. If I would have learned about the power of manifestation and mindset and affirmations and everything as a kid my life would look so much different. I would have much less traumas. I would have maybe gone through much less crappy relationships and whatnot because I knew the value of myself, which is not a play at my parents. It's not a play at like anything. It's just the fact that people weren't into that before and now we're getting into it. So I think This book is a great idea for absolutely anyone because, and it's funny, I was just in a clubhouse room today. We were talking about bullying and I said something along the lines of, I love that us, like our generation, like me and a couple of years older are starting to get very much into like, no, we all love each other. And like law of attraction, manifestation, anti-bullying, because we're creating the next generation, right? Like your kid, my future kids, their future kids, Like who knows, maybe they stop bullying. Maybe, you know, they grow up to be amazing people that don't have all these traumas that we all have. Maybe they don't have to go and unlearn about 20 years of shit that they've been through, you know? Maybe there's less bad people in the world. So I think that it's a really great idea for this book and for just more people to be aware of it. And like I had mentioned to you, I had thought, you know, wouldn't it be amazing to have like a manifesting or mindset course for kids so that they can just like, You know, it's so much easier if you're like eight, nine or seven or whatever it is, you can erase six years. Like that's a hell of a lot different than 30 or 20 years, right?
1: Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Sabrina, you are like, I mean, this is like, yes, 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 yes. Like that mindset, right? Of like a child. I mean, children legit, and I see it every day in my classroom, come up with the best ideas and they believe it all. You know what I mean? They are like, this is where they are and this is what's going to happen and this is how it's going to go down. And it's so beautiful and powerful. And it's like, if you just were able to harness that, to just teach it, to just like get good into it and show them how, like, I mean, oh my goodness, to have, to know from the start, your value, how valuable you are, how enough you are, how special you are, as opposed to having to get it from, you know, romantic relationship, peers, friends, career, whatever. But to just have that where you don't need to seek it, because you own it already, that is a whole new generation a whole new yes. world. Yes. Oh my God. A hundred percent. And that's what we're hoping, you know, what we're hoping that we're creating, right? By learning, by us unlearning everything we learned and learning this and then sharing it with our kids. That's, that's what, these are the seeds that we're planting. Yes. A hundred percent. Okay. I have three more questions for you. One of them is why did you decided to make it bilingual? What importance does that have for you? So I'm raising Sebastian both to speak both English and Spanish. I, when I came to the States, when I was six months old with my parents, we didn't speak any English. So I learned English along with my parents by watching Sesame Street, you know, all that good stuff. And so it was really important for it to be accessible to in, in Spanish, right, for families who are either learning Spanish, but more so for the families who are beginning to learn English. All right. So to use it to still have access to this tool, right, to this for mothers to know how to affirm or for children to experience it in both languages. That was super important to me because I thought of my family. I thought of my parents. You know, I thought of myself, you know, being able and it's such a beautiful bonding tool you know, for a a mom and a child to read together. You know, I could could visualize it, you know, me reading it in English and my mom reading it in Spanish and how beautiful that is to be able to read the same book and have this experience. And that just like melts my heart when I think about it. And I've actually heard in some of the events I've done the feedback of like about a child really connecting, reconnecting with her mom through this, through the book of the process that the mom didn't know English and she did. And, and reading it together.
0: That is so beautiful. And it's funny that you mentioned that because my mom, I told you right when we had that first chat, it's like my mom keeps begging me to do stuff in Spanish because she's like, I mean, I understand you. It sometimes takes me a while because you speak really fast, but I understand you. But like your aunts, they would benefit so much from you speaking Mm -hmm. in Spanish about this. Like Think about all the population in Mexico and I'm like, Ugh, I know, mom, but it's so hard to launch one thing. How can I launch right, a second thing? Right. So I definitely think that was a great idea for you. Thank you In Thank you. doing that. Okay, two more questions. One of them is, what is next for you? Like, what are the next plans for say it with me? What other things do you want to talk about? Like, what what what's in the future
1: for you? I think the next the next is the next book. It's um, so far I've begun to think of. It's called Paper, Pencil, and Me. And it's a journal. It's a book, you know, it's very similar format and learning, kids learning how to journal, learning that powerful practice of journaling. So it's writing another children's book where it's either uh, further into meditating or journal writing or dance parties or gratitude. But right now I think it's, I, I've come up with the title. So I'm saying that this is, that's what it's going to be, but I don't know for sure, but paper, pencil and me and uh, children learning how to journal. I love that. Yeah.
0: So you're basically going to be the next big children's book author.
1: <laughs> From your mouth to God's ear. That's like your mouth. Yes.
0: Goal. yes. <laughs> you heard it here. I Don't love that. I'm well, pretty on- sure. <laughs> You heard it here for the first time. Nancy will be the next big children's book mogul, but in the mindset manifestation category. So it's not going to be your typical book. It's not just going to be like, learn the colors. It's actually going to be like, learn how to be a good child or like learn how to be a good person when you grow up. So I I love love it. I love it. (laughs) Okay. One more question for you and it has to do with the show. And it's also a really interesting question because I've never gotten the same answer to this day and I've interviewed over like 80 people. So I'm pretty sure at one point or another, you felt like you were alone or misunderstood. It could have been a situation. It could have been a thought. It could have been a feeling. I would love to know A, what that was and B, what you would tell other people that might be in the same situation.
1: Oh, I mean, I feel like this is like me and my husband. (laughs) (laughs) This was this morning. Um, (laughs) I would say, so, so me and my husband, you know, I was asking him something and he misinterpreted what I was saying as asking him uh, something else, right? Like, 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 I think a lot of it is tone, right? Tone or like mindset, you know, he was waking up and I was like, you know, hey, like I have this is my day today. You know, three interviews promoting for the book. What are your thoughts about this? And he was like, uh, and I didn't get the answer I wanted right away, right? And so I kind of was like, forget it. I, I gotta go. I'm getting dressed. I gotta go. And then he comes back and he says something, and you know, it's just suddenly like we're just like two ships not connecting. We were like, right? And later on, we spoke during lunch and I, when I was at school, and I said, hey, you know, why don't you? why don't we like think about how we're saying, you know, I wasn't attacking you. Like, I know you felt like I was like, like first thing in the morning. And I wasn't, I was just trying to be like, Hey, this is what I've got going on. Like what Where? you know, who's got Sebastian, our son, right? Like where is Sebastian going to be? Cause I, I want to do it in the living room. I don't want to be upstairs. And I've had, you know, I have this room upstairs and it needs to be painted and it's like this gross green. And I'm like, I don't want the gross green background anymore. That's basically what this conversation was about. <laughs> I go. I just want to do it at my desk, whatever. And so I, I, I understood that he took it as me first thing in the morning being like blah 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 blah, and I wasn't, you know. And I said, hey, I'm sorry for how I came across. I can see what you're. I hear what you're saying, right? And I also said to him, like, hey, just like be direct and be like, hey, babe, like this is like way too early. Like, give me a sec. Like, I'll give you a call when you're driving, you know, or whatever. And so I would say to people is just like pause, you know, if you need to take like a minute, if you need to like maybe leave the room or something, but pause, and then just have that conversation of like, Hey, this is where I'm coming from. Right. I think just that simple, like, this is where I'm coming from is very disarming so that the other person can be like, Oh, okay. There, you're basically giving the other person the interpretation, right? Like this is like, the wrapper is off. This is what I'm at. As opposed to the other person being like, I'm getting this. And I think when I unwrap this, it's just like a bunch of like, you know, porcupine needles. Like, and I don't, you know, where it's like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want that. I I, I'm actually giving you a very soft, delicious, I don't know, cotton candy. (laughs) And so, so I would say is just, you know, having little sentence starters that are disarming, such as you know, hey, let me just tell you where I'm coming from mm. and blah, 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 blah. You know, or or I'm going to say something, but I may be taking the wrong... Like, hey, you know what? This is something I would do. If I had to redo this morning, I'd be like, hey, listen, I'm super stressed. So I may be coming off a little like, uh, but this is where I'm at. Um, and then that way, my husband would be like, oh, okay, I get it. She's got, She's like super stressed, has three things going on, is just trying to figure out. Not like handle Sebastian or who's going to take care of Seb- you know what I mean he's not, ta- not, not taking offense to so I would I guess right now my advice would be this is where I'm coming from
0: oh okay that's a great piece of advice and it's also nice to keep in mind because just like you said everything is open to interpretation right like you can say something with a different intention and then the other person doesn't want to receive it that way and that's a completely different thing so I think that's a really important topic that you mentioned so thank you for doing that and now we're at the rapid fire round of questions before we end this interview. So, are you ready? I'm ready. I love rapid fire. Go. <laughs> okay. First one. If you could have anyone over for dinner, dead or alive, or even a character,
1: who would it be? Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, right now, I would want Oprah for sure. Like for I'm sure. obsessed with Oprah. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure, Oprah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. If you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Ah, uh, Greece. Greece Greece or Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greece. I'm going to say Greece, right? Greece. Well, when I'm back in Paris, you can go visit me eventually if I ever get out know, of here. I know, I guess. Sure.
1: If, if we're both in Paris at the same time, you know me and you are having a nice Parisian night.
0: <laughs> yes, we are. Oh my God. Night on the town is going to be so fun. I'll take you out. You'll even forget your mom for a couple of Woo! hours and you'll just be like, yes. Okay. What's one word that would describe you if you could pick just one? Joyful. Grateful. Joyful and grateful. Okay, what Marvel superhero would you choose to be if you could pick one?
1: Oh my God, I'm, I, I'm gonna say I don't know much about Marvel. I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I'm like not in the, I don't know, is, I don't know, Spider Man? Super, uh, yeah, okay, sure. That's a good one. <laughs> I know, I don't ever watch any of the Marvel movies, so I'm like the worst person for that. I know, I know. I probably, I mean, I'm sure I will once like Sebastian gets older, but
0: you know. <laughs> okay, the best book you've ever read? Oh,
1: the Alchemist.
0: Ooh, okay, I like that. Yeah,
1: the, I mean, I'll give you my top three like, my The Alchemist. I love, I love, I love. I can read it over and over again. Both The Alchemist and Catcher in the Rye.
0: Okay, I like that. I like that.
1: Favorite type of food? Dessert. I'm like a big. Biggest dream you have? I have one. It's teaching Emotion motion ocean, which is that, you know, that class that I was telling you about the kids uh, at the beach like taking a bunch of kids from like schools and just doing like on the beach, meditating, like showing like kids, like how to do that groovy stuff.
0: Oh, I love that. That's a great dream. Okay. Last question. Who inspires you, Nancy? My son, my son that's so sweet. I'm going to cry. That's so cute. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's inspired by you and he will continue to be inspired by you and everything that you're doing. So
1: thank don't even question you. that. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay. Well, you guys, this has been absolutely incredible to interview Nancy. I feel like we didn't even begin to scratch the surface because you have so many different things to talk about, so many tips and tricks, but I'm definitely very excited to read the book and, you know, recommend it to everyone I know. And for you that is listening to be able to get it and to dive into Nancy's mind. And, you know, like she said, if you're single, you can still get it for yourself and prepare, or you can get it for your sister or brother or a friend or whoever that you know that's having a baby or that already had a baby. So 100% you've got this. And I'm so excited for it to launch and for your next book to come out. And if you're listening, the link to purchase will be in the description by the time that this is released, and also you will be able to find it on Amazon. So it is Say It With Me by Nancy Torres, and I'm so excited for that. Other than that, I think our live is also releasing next Wednesday, right? Or Tuesday. So By the time this episode releases, you will have already met and seen Nancy on my Instagram account, got to ask her some questions, and hopefully know a little bit more about her before even this interview. So I'm very excited for everything. Thank you so much, Nancy, for coming on. As usual, if anyone has any questions, if you have anything to say, you can contact me directly through Instagram at Sabrina or at Podcast super friendly. Don't bite unless you ask me to. And I will definitely be able to relay the questions to Nancy or put you guys in contact or whatever it is. So Nancy, thank you so much for coming on. It has been so
1: fun and I'm seriously very excited about this. I I adore you. I I adore you, Sabrina. I love you. I adore you. You're amazing. Mwah. Thank you so, so, so much.
0: Aww. I'm so excited for a live too. So just putting it out there. At this time of the recording, we have not done the live, but it's very weird to say that at the time that this is released, the live would have been released beforehand. So I'm just like doing a mumbo-jumbo of things. <laughs> but <laughs> I will speak to you soon and I'll see everyone on the next episode. Peace out, everybody.